so welcome everyone. Super excited to have you guys join us today. I'm joined by the terrific Shira here from Own Backup uh, for today's episode of Speckit Sauces. So for those of you that are joining for the first time, Speckit Sauces is our podcast style webinar series. So no slides, uh, no demos, just straight strategy tactics about the latest in enablement, working operations. Uh, and, and really, you know, the goal is that you walk away with really great tactical ideas that you can implement uh, and, and learn from other, you know, thought leaders and companies out there that are doing great things like own backup. Um, so just a couple quick housekeeping uh, items here. No need to take voracious notes. We're going to send a recap afterwards. We'll send a link to the recording so that all of you guys can access it. Uh, but without further ado, Shira, welcome uh, to today's episode. Super, super excited to have you on board. For those of you that don't know, Shira works in sales enablement at Own Backup. Uh, for those of you that aren't familiar with Own Backup, it is one of those like incredible uh, Salesforce ecosystem success stories. I've been following the journey for a long time. And just for context, like in the last six months alone, they've raised, you know, over $500 million in funding. So quite the remarkable story. And I know you've been there for a while. Uh, so we'd love to, to hear from you, Sherry. You know, one, tell us a little bit about your background and then who's on backup, what they do and like, how did they get to $500 million in funding in the last six months alone? Yeah, absolutely. And Mel, thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Um, so yeah, so my name is Shira Azdoba. I'm a sales enablement content manager for Own Backup. I actually started at Own Backup in May of 2018. So I was one of a handful of SDRs at that time, started on the business development team. And then I became an account development rep there. And then I became an SDR manager um, back in November of 2019. And then I started, um, you know, looking to see what other opportunities were out there. And of course, I wanted to stay with Own Backup. And I got the opportunity to move onto the sales enablement team. And um, I moved in March of 2021. So it's been a really exciting time at Own Backup. And um, that's a little bit about me. Love it. And tell us a little bit about Own Backup for, for those. Uh, I know there's a lot of, of folks here that, that have Salesforce. Tell us a little bit about Own Backup and just this wild ride that, that the company's been on the last years. Yeah, absolutely. And, and what's crazy is that I've seen it grow so much since I started. You know, I started maybe around 50 employees and now we've grown to over 500 employees. So it's been quite the, the growth journey over here. Um, yeah, so I work for Own Backup. It's, we're, we're the world's leading cloud to cloud data production platform. And just to summarize that and paint the picture for you, we like to give an analogy of an apartment building. So there's an apartment building that security is on watch and that there's a landlord responsible for the building, but everything that's inside of your building, right? Like if your artwork gets damaged, you leave your bathtub running, uh, you're responsible for, for all of that damage. So what that looks like is, um, you know, there's a shared responsibility model that people don't know of, that everything that, that any platform that you use, whether it's Salesforce or Dynamics or really any SaaS company, uh, they're responsible for uptime and availability but you're responsible for the data. And if there's any sort of data loss or data corruption, ultimately that falls on the customer. So that's what Own Backup does. We provide automated daily backups and we allow you to restore that data if anything were to happen. Love it. I can tell you're in sales enablement with the way you explained it. <laughs> Love it. Uh, well, super, super excited. And, you know, again, I've been a champion from the side and it's just been so fun for us, you know, partnering with you guys on this journey. So excited to, to talk more. And so, you know, the reason why I wanted to have this conversation with you is I think, you know, in all of that growth and scale, you guys did something that was super fascinating. 
uh, in the last year, which was rolling out a whole new sales methodology. And so, you know, understanding that you guys almost doubled in size from 250 or so to 500 employees in the last year or so, like talk to us a little bit about, you know, a, why did you guys decide that a new sales methodology was important, um, you know, to help some of the, the people on this, this call listening and, and how did you guys go about actually selecting uh, that methodology? Yeah, so, you know, at the time, so my manager, Tom, was leading the project here, and we were working with another sales methodology provider, but one of the biggest things is that we wanted to be able to scale properly, as we, as I told you, we, we were growing so fast, and there was so much uh, mo movement and so much growth. So um, the current, the, the provider that we had, we just weren't really able to scale with, and so we started looking, looking into other vendors, and then in addition to that, we had you know, a business development team, a customer success team, um, a sales team, and we wanted everyone to be operating under the same vocabulary, the same playbook. Everyone was operating different silos. And then on top of that, we had sales ma managers who had so many different backgrounds, which was great, but we wanted to put them all into one sales methodology um, and just unify all of that. And so we just wanted, you know, a sales methodology that could help us with forecasting or sales process and just unite everyone together. Love that. Yeah. Having, so just for those of you that don't know, I came from background of growing, working in, in rapid growing tech before creating Speckit in. So my idea for Speckit came from the fact that like we had implemented Salesforce, but everyone was kind of had their own sales methodology that they were following their own sales process. And so mm -hmm. definitely, definitely like that. And so talk to me a little bit about, you know, I know a number of different vendors are out there on the market, right. That provide both the sales training plus the methodology. So for, for those that are in sales enablement today, that are going through that process of not just evaluating their need for bringing, driving more consistency in the way that they sell, like talk to me a little bit about like how you guys actually conducted that evaluation. Like how did you guys ultimately decide on winning by design? Yeah. So first of all, I know that this could be a long process to, to everyone out there. I know it's not easy, but if you just identify what are the key things that you're looking for, it will make your process hopefully a little bit more smoother. And so what we did is we had seven to eight different vendors um, that, that we were looking, looking at. And my manager, Tom was leading the project here. And basically what we did was had them um, kind of participate in why they would be the best fit for own backup and to pitch to own backup into why they would be, you know, um, why they should, why we should work with them. So this process took around two and a half months. And ultimately, when you look at it, I think the hardest part was probably getting all the sales leaders aligned because so many people have so many different backgrounds and um, a lot to say, which is great, but we just wanted to unite everyone together. So as a company, we just had to figure out what did we need and what did we want, uh, you know, in a sales methodology. So ultimately, we, we chose Winning by Design to go with, who, who are awesome. And they provide world-class training. They have a really large team so they can help us scale and, and grow and help train our new hires as well, because that's something that we really needed is when you're growing so fast, you need to be able to scale properly. And they work with a lot of SaaS companies um, and, and helped build playbooks and did live training and just have that world-class training, which has been great. And when we were already going with uh, Winning by Design and decided we wanted to go with them, we also knew that they were working with some of our other investors. So that kind of emphasized and, and made it more of an importance of why we should go with them. And so um, 
yeah, Winning by Design, have, they, they've been awesome. We, we love working with them. I even have them on Slack so I can Slack them with specific questions. They're, they're very responsive and they've been great so far. Love hearing that. We actually like setting up Slack channels with our customers too. It's such a great way to be able to, to have that just quick touch point. Um, that's awesome. Yeah, I'm I'm familiar with the place. I've actually never gone through the process myself of selecting a sales methodology, but mm-hmm. know that it is a massive, massive undertaking. And it's also something that you don't want to have to do every year, right? Like it's, it's something that you want to get right because it is going to be really, really, really core to how you run your business and how your sales team executes. Um, and I remember in talking to to Tom, he mentioned something to me, you know, he was like, at the end of the day, like, are they the most cost-effective option out there? No, but we're, you know, getting way beyond the value that we could have expected from them. And I think that's a really, really important takeaway, which is at the end of the day, you know, there's always going to be lots of options, sales methodology or SaaS vendor, you know, included, right? Like when it's the kind of investment you're making with the idea that it's going to be part of your org and part of like your DNA in some ways for multiple years, it's really important to make sure that that relationship and that, that vendor is the right one. So um, love hearing that yeah. story and, and definitely makes me want to want to check them out as well. <laughs> um, and so with that, so you guys went through the whole selection process. It took a couple months, right? There was a lot of parties involved. I hear you guys, you know, had to get buy-in from a bunch of your internal stakeholders, including to your point, I think, you know, the number one thing we hear from all of our customers is that, you know, ultimately, yes, you do the big kind of live training on day one, but then getting those frontline managers, the sales managers, the VP of sales, like, they're the ones that are really going to be driving that reinforcement. So it sounds like you guys did the right thing and kind of got that buy-in as part of the evaluation instead of purchasing and then asking them to be bought in afterwards, which is great. But talk to me a little bit about like, okay, you guys, you guys, you know, selected the vendor. They, I imagine, did their discovery and kind of content creation process. Like, how did you guys go about actually rolling out this methodology, especially knowing that I'd imagine most of you guys are remote at the point in time since this was six mm-hmm. months or a year ago? Like, talk to us about how you guys actually went live and have had, because I know you guys have had a lot of success with it. Like, talk to us about what you guys did when you went live and uh, and we'll go from there. Yeah, so we, we rolled this out back in April of this year. So yeah, we, we were all remote. I think some people may have been back in the office, but most of the company was remote at that time. And there was a lot that went into it, right? We, we didn't just adopt this sales methodology. We had to make all of the new updates to our sales process and make those updates inside of Salesforce, which is also a huge undertaking, change a bunch of the fields and update the sales process inside of Salesforce. So we had to do technical updates inside of Salesforce. Um, then we had to do a live training, obviously. So we needed to work with the world-class leaders of winning by design and do more hands-on and do the actual hands-on training because no better way than actually doing hands-on. And then we also use BrainShark as our LMS, which is our learning management system. And so this is for you know demand le- demand training for new hires, um, and it isn't necessarily owned backup related, but it goes through the sales methodology overview and the general winning by design principles. And so we needed to go through all of those things before we can really fully roll it out to the team. And, you know, with all of that, right, we, you can have all of that, you can have all of that stuff, right? The technical updates and the live training and the brain chart, which is awesome. But then we needed to do some sort of reinforcement of the sales methodology to remove a lot of that friction and just make it as easy as possible. Um, and especially because we've invested so much time, so much money in doing this, we wanted to make it just as easy as possible for people to adopt the methodology. And that's why we started looking at Speckit. 
Love it. Yeah. I remember Tom came to, came to me right around that time. And, and I love that use case, right? Because a lot of, a lot of companies really see us as a workflow process kind of tool training solution, which we absolutely can solve mm-hmm. for in Salesforce and beyond. But, you know, what you're, what you're mentioning there, I think is, is a really important piece, which is the fact that, you know, winning by design can create all this content, but if it lives in your LMS, you know, how can you ensure that your reps are going back to it? And, you know, I think looking at, you know, this, I think the way that you guys looked at it was really just forward thinking in terms of looking at this rollout of your sales methodology, almost as the same way as people think about rolling out a technology in terms of how important that reinforcement would be to adoption. So talk to me about like how, like, I know the story, but I'd love to hear from you guys' perspective, you know, how did Tom, uh, your, your manager make the case for adding another kind of reinforcement solution to this, you know, to this rollout? Yeah. And, and I think when you, when you look at the full picture, right, we, we made an investment in winning by design, which is great. Um, and so to, at, at the time, he went to the CEO and the head of sales and made the case of why we need to spend the money. And the reason for that is because you can have an LMS, which is great. And that helps with the initial, you know, principles and the overview and the methodology. But from, from a change management and a day-to-day, it's hard to go back into that LMS and find the question and the answer that you need right away. So for example, um, one of the acronyms that we use is the SPICE framework. We got that from Winning by Design. And what that means is it's an acronym for situation, pain, impact, critical event, and decision. So when you're in the opportunity process and you're going through you know, all of the, the factors that you need in your opportunity, imagine you get to the, the P of the SPICE framework and you don't know what it stands for. And you're trying to follow it properly, but you just can't remember what it is. So instead of going back into the LMS, watching the whole video again, trying to find exactly where it is, and these videos could range between, you know, 30 minutes to an hour. Um, Instead, we have this content inside of Speckit where you can easily go into any browser that you need, type in the Spice framework and find it, or there's a little spec that you can just hover over in Salesforce, Um, you know, or you can go inside of Slack and, and find the content that you need. So it just makes it so easy on an everyday basis to just find whatever you need when you need it. And it's just a, really functional product um, that that is helping not just the new hires, but also the existing hires find that what they need. Love that. And speaking of, so you guys have been growing like crazy. Love, love hearing those specific examples, actually. Um, and would love to hear kind of how that use case has expanded afterwards. But real quick, like I know you guys, so you guys mentioned you have an LMS and you guys also have this just-in-time reinforcement solution, which the majority of customers out there in this space have. And I, I like to, to bring this analogy, you know, when people confuse just-in-time reinforcement with, you know, hey, are, are you a replacement to our LMS? Are you complimentary? I'm like, you know, it's more like what Slack did to email, right? You know, we're not saying, hey, email is eliminated forever. Now we're only going to use Slack or Microsoft Teams. It's more so, hey, here's the kind of communication that's really effective via email, Right. And by the way, here's all this additional communication and better format of communication you can do in Slack, which allows for channels and like one off kind of quick chats, et cetera. Similarly, you know, just like there's different communication styles that are better suited for email versus Slack. It's the same with an LMS, right? You mentioned, hey, if we're going to do the high level kind of like overview and introduction, let's have that in an LMS where someone can kind of sit down and consume that content at their own time but we know they're not going to retain it all, right? So it sounds like you guys put more of like that kind of on the job reinforcement of both the listening by design 
framework and all your playbooks and spec it so that they could access it, right? And we can link in, link out in between. And so talk to us about, you know, how you built your onboarding program around that then, because you guys, I see on LinkedIn all the time, you guys are hosting like 50 person boot camps, which is just absolutely mm-hmm. wild. Like, how do you think about that from an ongoing basis as you build out your, your program? Yeah. So from an onboarding perspective, and, and we are hiring, I just feel like I have to say this. So if we are hiring, <laughs> we're going to the own backup website and, <laughs> and uh, look at, look at our, our roles. Um, Inspected is hiring as well. Um, but yeah, so, so we're hiring rapidly and, you know, every month we have a week long boot camp that we go through, um, that, that new hires go through. And then in addition, you know, we've created these 30, 60, 90 ramp guides for the SDRs and the business development team and, and the AEs so that they can go through um, and look at specific activities that they need to do, right? And then we also have the LMS where people can take the, the brain chart courses on our product and our sales methodology and all of this stuff. So, you know, after they've taken all of this stuff or all, all of the content and they need to digest it more. So it's really hard if you're a new hire and let's say, for example, you don't remember a specific persona or a specific question that you should ask to, to someone on the phone, or you know, you're you have an issue, and you don't know how to create an opportunity, or you don't know how to create a lead view. These are just specific, in, and sometimes we don't expect you to know this stuff, right? If you just started at the company, but this helps you on your your day to day basis. On all right, we showed you the product, we showed you how to do all of these. Um, how to use a sales process. And we show you all this stuff in, in, in bootcamp, but it's really hard to not have that reinforcement of for, for onboarding of like, how do you actually do stuff on the day-to-day basis and have that reinforcement of it. So um, yeah, that's kind of like what we've been doing for onboarding and it's been going well so far. Love that. And if I understand like beyond just like the sales methodology, and I know, I believe we helped you guys like transfer like hundred pages of playbooks into, into it. Like you guys had a lot of content, which I was super impressed with. Like yeah. you guys had playbooks, you guys had all this documentation that we initially kind of helped you guys transfer just to get you started. But since then you've kind of taken ownership and, and it sounds like my understanding is that you got that for you guys, spec it kind of transition, not only from like a sales methodology and playbook reinforcement solution, but you guys are using it more, more broadly now too. Yeah, absolutely. So it started with you know, they're kind of using it as the reinforcement for, for our sales process and sales methodology and sales playbooks. And so, yeah, your team was great. We had three different playbooks. We had one from the business development team on prospecting. We had one for account executives and one on the customer success team and your team. And, and these are about, I want to say around hundred pages each and your team helped copy that content over, which is um, really helpful. And then we also have this 95 page, 95 page document on tech and tools on how to use, you know, it's more of like the technical aspects of how do you create a discovery call? How do you create an opportunity? How do you, how do you do specific tasks inside of Salesforce and some of our other tools that we use? We also have deal desk content. And what's funny is it started more for the sales team and now everyone wants to use it. So alliances, product, everyone's messaging me about how can we get content inside of Speckit for, um, for, for everyone. So it's been really helpful and using it, not just for our sales methodology, but really using it for everything else. And honestly, I've seen just so much more standardization. I've seen kind of like a reduced ramp time and onboarding, uh, and we're just trying to scale really, scale really rapidly. So it's been helping, hopefully it's been helping managers. It's been helping me on just having that 
you know, that reinforcement and that easy to find content on an everyday basis for new hires. Love that. Appreciate it. Uh, well, glad to hear, glad to hear that. And it sounds like just all the steps that you guys took, you know, I, I know what it feels like to be in that, that phase of just scaling and onboarding and you're kind of like building the plane as you're flying it. And so rolling out a sales methodology, you know, especially like of that caliber, like winning by design is, is no easy feat. So congratulations to your, to your team on, on it being so successful. I know, you know, in talking to Tom and others on your team that it's been huge in helping you guys, you know, forecast with more accuracy, because like you said, everyone's speaking the same language and, and stuff. And so, you know, really big undertaking. And so, you know, with that, wanted to open up to, to any questions in the audience that you guys might have uh, that we didn't cover on the sales methodology selection. And like, you know, if you guys want to hear anything about how they went about doing that, happy, happy to answer them. So it looks like they're, they're going to drop it in the meantime, um, share, like, let me, let me just hear from you. Like when you think about your new hires, right. Um, And sorry, we, we, I didn't prep you for this question before, but, but I am curious to hear, like, as you guys think about your new hires joining, like what's kind of top of mind for you or like what you want to do next around your onboarding enablement? Like what are some of the ideas and concepts that you and Tom and others on your team are kind of uh, playing around with? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I think a lot of it just comes down to like you, you create a lot of content, right? So I think that that's a big thing where, you know, as content managers, we're creating content constantly but then we kind of forget that we create some of the content and need to just go back and reinforce it, right? So um, I think that's just the constant, like taking a lot of what we already have and just making sure people are implementing it on their day-to-day. So like with the new hires, we do have these ramp guides where we go through specific tasks, specific things that they need to be doing on a day-to-day basis or on a monthly basis, I would say. Um, And so, yeah, just going back and just making sure that everyone knows everything early on and just reinforcing that and just making sure that they, they know what they're doing. So I think that's, that's a big thing with the onboarding. And we also want to expand. Um, so expanding the team to, to global enablement and not just sales. So on my, I mainly focus on sales, but as the, as like Tom, who's my manager focusing on learning and development as a whole, we want to expand. We kind of have this like own backup university uh, name where we want to expand to every team and every department so that they get a piece of, you know, enablement and learning and development. Love it. Love it. Yeah. Good for you guys. Um, it looks like we have one question from David here. So does own backup have any ROI numbers they can share from their second investment? He said it could, it can be hard to measure these things, but wondering if you have any, um, or, or even anecdotally that you've observed. Yeah, so I don't have the actual numbers off the top of my head, but what I what I have seen is that in regards to to views, and I and I got this number about maybe like two or so months ago. Since we've implemented um, Specit, we've had around ten thousand views on our specs, which is really high. Um, now, what I need to look into, and what I, what I what I have on a task to look into is what specifically are people looking at? So, like, what specs are they viewing as much? Um, or what specs are they not viewing as much? So we can look at that. But from an ROI number, when you look at the, what I have done is look at the reps who are using and look and using the views or, and, you know, I, I saw there was a number of like a new hire that had 300 views 
and they started, I want to say like three months ago. So it's not like um, a full ROI number, but what I can see is that new hires are viewing the content and that hopefully that they're, they're engaging in, and using it every day. That's actually a good point. So one of the things uh, that we're looking to do in the near future is actually being able to correlate that. So, you know, I think one of the biggest gaps in training platforms in general, which is like more of your LMS challenges, like it's really hard for training enablement folks to actually measure the ROI of any training initiatives, you know, not just spec it, but of any LMS, right? Because if you think of your traditional LMS, you might go over your competitors in week one, but then the rep might not actually talk to that competitor or or see that competitor until week six, right? And so how do you correlate the impact that that training had on your win rate, right? Or on your ability to compete in, in that deal. And so one of the things, you know, leveraging our Salesforce integration and partnership is looking at like, how can we leverage some of that data in Salesforce to help correlated surface like, hey, of these top reps, you know, these are the ones that are seeing like the most stage ones, the most stage twos, and here's how they're, they're how much content they're consuming and like how, you know, that reinforcement is helping them, you know, just learn how to do their job much more effectively, right? Because again, it's the way that your brain memorizes information is through retention, is through reinforcement. Um, and then I do believe you mentioned something. So maybe we can follow up about like just like ramp up times and, and looking at that. And then a lot of our other customers have seen a lot of their like support questions decrease, decrease if you think about like Slack and like how your team pre- previously might've been asked all sorts of questions about like, how do I do this in Salesforce or how do I do this thing? Like, have you seen any of those kinds of decreases on your end? Yeah, so I think a lot of it is a lot of internal questions are lessening, which is great. Um, and so when people, we, we don't have much external content in there, but what yeah. we do have is make it easy for people to access internally so that they can share it externally that makes sense. so meaning we do have sales reps who need to find content fast and that they can share that with the you know external team um and something that i forgot to mention is we do have the support team on on spec it um and and they have their kind of own playbook that they've created that i worked with one of the reps um on this on the support team so that they're able to kind of like onboard faster and find the right content that they need to share with the external reps or the external prospects. Yeah. Love it. Well, thank you so much for those specific examples and sharing that, that journey. Obviously, you know, you know that I'm really proud of you and your journey, you know, going from SDR to having such a big impact and role at, at own backup. So congratulations and, you know, love working with your team. You guys are, are awesome. If you're in the Salesforce ecosystem and you guys don't already have a backup solution, they are, uh, I would say the best in breed out there. So definitely take a look. Thank you again, Shira. And any follow-up questions, feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn. I'm Melanie Filet, CEO and co-founder of Speckit. And then Shira, do you want to tell where, where people can find you for, for follow-up? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you can find me on LinkedIn. My name is Shira Osdoba. You also can email me at shirao at ownbackup.com. Happy to answer anything. Awesome. Thanks so much. Have a great day, everyone. Bye-bye. Mel, thanks for having me. Have a great day. Yeah, bye.